Again, welcome to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome to our study and our series entitled Rebuild. Uh, we've been going uh, verse by verse, kind of chapter by chapter here through the book of Nehemiah. And uh, so you can go ahead and turn to Nehemiah chapter 8. That's where we are, chapter 8, our eighth part of this series. And the, the, the series and the title for today would be Responses to God's Word. We're going to get there in just a moment, but just to quickly catch you up to speed about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, one of the Old Testament books. Once again, Nehemiah is a cupbearer to the king of Persia. And in chapter 1, he hears about what's taking place in Jerusalem. In fact, he wanted to understand what was the update from the, the place where God's people were to be. And he heard how Jerusalem, the city, the walls, the gates were broken down, burned down, torn down, and his heart was burdened deep within him. Chapter 2, uh, we see that he was asking for and receiving uh, blessings of the king to head back and to be able to rebuild. Chapter 3 was the rebuilding, the process of getting people in the right places working on this wall. Chapter 4, they faced opposition. Chapter 5 was some internal conflict with the workers. Chapter 6 was distractions. Last week, we looked at a number of things. What matters to God? You and I are to be certainly worried about and focused on and uh, looking to take part in things that matter to God. Well, today we come to chapter 8, and uh, again, the wall is completed, and so the physical things are taking place. But this last half of the book of Nehemiah, we see some of the internal things, some of the spiritual things that Nehemiah is doing to invest in the people of God. And so in chapter 8, we see that we'll never be able to rebuild and revive the people of God apart from the Word of God. And fitting on a day like today, as we mention and honor and remember Sister Charlotte, who has focused and stood on and taught faithfully, week after week, month after month, year after year, what has it been? Opinions? No, it's been the Word of God. Amen? And so chapter 8 in Nehemiah, the encouragement is, how do you and I respond when it comes to God's word, how should we do that? So first of all, how do we respond to God's word? We are to honor it. Honor it. Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, it says this, All the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. On October 8, Ezra the priest, a priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Masiah. To his left stood Padiah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbanana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Man, let me just pause and catch my breath after that. How many of you are glad you are not responsible for the reading of God's word today? You saying amen for that? Okay, break over. 
Verse 5, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. First off, you and I, when it comes to the word of God, we are to honor it. To honor it. There was a hunger for the word of God. Now, I realize when it comes to church and you hear that word, it triggers something in you. Everyone starts looking at their watches because they realize their stomach is, in fact, hungry. All right. Well, we're going to spend some time in the house of God, and, and you can take care of that physical hunger here in a little bit. But spiritually, the people of God had a hunger for the things of God. In fact, Ezra was taking, this is the, the first notice of Ezra here in the book of Nehemiah. In fact, there's a book of Ezra. He'd arrived years earlier to rebuild the temple and teach God's law. But did you catch what was taking place in Nehemiah chapter 8? They were standing for hours. Now, it says morning to noon. In, in Jewish day, they would reckon uh, 6 o'clock as the beginning of the day. Most scholars believe this was typically from 6 in the morning till noon. Six hours listening to the Word of God. How many of you say that would be a hunger for the things of God and the Word of God? When it comes to our day and our culture, very honestly, after about an hour together, people get a little antsy, right? Maybe, maybe it's time to use the restroom. Maybe it's time to get a drink. Maybe it's time to resituate ourselves. Maybe it's time to check the watch and wonder how long Pastor Mark's going today. After about an hour, and our service as a whole is about an hour and a half-ish. They stood for six hours ready to listen to Ezra and the word of God. See, they were hungry to hear what they had not heard for generations. Probably 50 plus years. They had not been together. They had not, you know, had these walls taken place. They had not been hearing and following the things from the word of God. And so they were hungry to hear what God's word had to say. Let me ask us this morning, are we as hungry for the Word of God and the things of God as we are some of our physical hunger? I mean, how many of you know you get a, you get a hunger for something, right? What, what feels good for lunch? I mean, some of you might be heading home. Some of you might be going out to eat. And, and you're already thinking, boy, if we go here, I'm going to get this because I haven't had that for a while. And you, you start getting hungry already. See how many times I'm going to use that word hunger in the morning message today. There's a, a hunger or a thirst sometimes. There's that special uh, coffee drink. There's that special meal. And we can't wait to eat or drink one of these items. Do you and I have that kind of a hunger or a thirst when it comes to honoring the word of God? I mean, generations, years had passed, and they did not have the opportunity of hearing and reading and taking part in the Word of God, and they could not wait. They were honoring the Word of God since they had such a hunger for the Word of God. 
You and I, we are blessed today. We've got an overabundance of Bibles and technology and churches and discipleship and classes to hear about the Word of God. True? I want you to, I want you to be honest now. I want you to think. So I'm going to ask you a question in just a moment. I want you to respond. I'm, I'm curious here. In a moment, I'm going to ask you how many physical Bibles you have in your household. So I want you to start thinking about that, okay? You know, maybe you've, maybe you've got that children's Bible from when you were younger, or you, you've got a Bible you got as a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult. Uh, someone had given one to you. You've got a family Bible. You went out and purchased one. You've got a study Bible. Hopefully some of you didn't swipe a Gideon's Bible from the uh, hotel room. In just a moment, I want to ask you, I would venture to say... Households probably have at least one. I would think every household somewhere has some form of a Bible, probably. In fact, a bunch of them, we'll see in a moment, a bunch of you would probably have multiple Bibles. But I'm just curious. So let me just see. If you've got or you think you've got, you might not know where it is, but if you think you've got at least one Bible in your home and in your household, whether that's with you or somewhere in your home, uh, would you raise your hand? You've got at least one. You've got one. All kinds of hands. Okay. Now, how many of you would say, I think we've got at least two somewhere in our home? At least two somewhere in the home? Okay, keep your hands up if you think you've got at least three somewhere in your home. At least three. Keep your hands up if you think at least four. How about at least five? You've got at least five Bibles now, granted, we're saying in your home, but you're, you know, some of these are just one or two people in a home. We're saying already at least five Bibles. Six, keep your hands up. You think you got at least six? Seven, keep your hands up. Not too many hands going down because how about seven? Seven Bibles, eight. Almost sound like an auctioneer. Seven, 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 give me eight, 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 nine, nine, give me nine. Keep your hands up if you got nine. Ten, you got at least ten Bibles in your home. Okay, for some of you, I'm not sure how high we got to jump, but let's go from 10 to 11, to 12, to 13, to 14, to 15, gulp, 16, 17. Let's just jump right to 20. How many thinking up 20 or more? Yep, 21, 22, 25-ish. All right, 20 to 25, that's probably where our top people filtered out. But you saw most hands raised at least with one. So think about how blessed we are. We have got physical copies of God's Word. Then as well, we've got these digital things. If you've got a smartphone, if you've got a tablet, there's a Bible app produced by Life Church in Oklahoma, Pastor Craig Groeschel, about 10, 12 years ago. They were one of the first apps when the iPhone came out, one of the first apps in the App Store, just this last week. If you were part of it, if you use that on a regular basis, you saw they celebrated 500 million downloads. 500 million. Doesn't necessarily mean 500 million people, but 500 million devices that it's been downloaded on. Now they're shooting for a billion so you and I have got access to God's word. I mean, you go years ago, 
and you wanted to listen to God's word, you had to have a suitcase worth of cassette tapes. And some of you might have had the Bible on cassette tape. And then after a while, they kind of condensed it, and you can have this smaller package of CDs, right? And then eventually, those were put onto the website, onto the Internet, and so on your computer, you could click on and listen to. And now with the Bible app and so many other different types of things, you've got access to many, many different versions. And on the Bible app, most of those, many of those, you simply tap a button and it will read it to you. The Word of God is so accessible to us. Do we have the hunger? Are we ready, willing, and able, ready to dig into God's Word, honoring it by spending time with God's Word, just like we would that meal or that drink or that dessert? Oh, man, I just, I just said the D word of dessert. I'm just, I'm just messing everybody up here with meals today. They came for direction. They wanted to hear and honor the Word of God. There was no shortcuts. This wasn't just, hey, give me a quick summary in a moment or in a minute. Six hours at a time to spend and to invest in the Word of God. And sometimes when it comes to us, we'll go anywhere and to anyone but the Word of God for direction. We'll, we'll talk to friends and family members. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to... Uh, just about everybody else will flip on the television to some talk show hosts or TV shows and wonder, what are they going to say about certain things before we'll go to the Word of God? So the people here were honoring the Word of God. There, there was a hunger for it. There is a reverence for it. When it comes to the Word of God, is it prominent in our hearts, prominent in our homes, prominent in our lives? Now, certainly here on our altar, we've got one of those large family Bibles, and some of your homes might have something like this, right? Maybe you do. Maybe at one point you did. The large family Bible, which tends to be open and displayed, is it more of a decoration when it comes to the Word of God? Or is it for transformation? See, when it came to Nehemiah chapter 8, they were honoring the Word of God because they had a hunger and because they had a reverence. Did you see how they responded? When the Word of God was read, they did what? They stood. They were lifting their hands. They, they responded by saying, Amen, Amen. Just a quick side note. Today, 2021, Amen, Amen is, is okay to say. Just, just checking to make sure. Whether the Word of God's being read or preached from, just so you know, those, those words are okay. So they would shout amen. They would lift their hands. And it says they would bow and they would worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. There was an honor for the things of God and for the Word of God. It was reverence towards the Word of God. Because ultimately, it was reverence for the God of the Word. So Nehemiah chapter 8, he's encouraging, as, as we read through this chapter, what should our responses be? First of all, we should honor it. Honoring it is good, but let's not stop there. Secondly, what should we do with the Word of God? We ought to receive it. 
Let's continue. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7 and following. Some more tongue twisters to follow. It says the Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Jozebad, Hanan, and Peliah, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Verse 9, Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the law of God. Verse 10, Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with the feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites too quieted the people, telling them, hush, don't weep. This is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy. Why were they celebrating with great joy? Because they had heard God's word and understood them. You see, it was more than just honoring the word of God. It was more than a hunger for God, more than just a reverence to hear God's word, they were wanting to receive it. You and I can hear, and we can be exposed to the word of God. We can get into and read the Bible. Read God's word. Uh, We encourage uh, literally one of the very first things from day one, week one, or month one here at Pastoring Alger Assembly of God has been a challenge to read the Word of God on a regular basis and to get through the Word of God, allowing God's Word to get into and through you. So every single year, we have put together some Bible reading guides. I want to encourage you. Some of you, maybe you are on your way to finishing the entire Bible this year, or maybe, maybe your goal has been the Old Testament or the New Testament or some other goal. I'm just about finished reading through, so I'm getting ready to start over again. And so we've got 2022 Bible reading guides. So you can, we've got three different ones. These are available in the foyer. You can find your way to one of those. Now, maybe, maybe you've not been reading throughout the year. Grab a 2022 guide and start reading. Now, some of you might say, Pastor Mark, that's cheating. I'll give you permission to cheat. I give you permission in 2021 to start reading the Word of God and even mark it off on your 2022. Because what are you going to do? Are you just going to wait for January 1st to then start reading God's Word? I challenge you to read today. If you've been reading throughout this year, keep going, stay faithful, seek to continue and hopefully complete the reading that maybe has been your goal in 2021. But maybe if you've, maybe if you've stopped or, or maybe you're not sure where you're at or maybe it's been a little while since you've jumped into the Word of God, grab a Bible reading guide. There's three different ones to pick from and start reading. And it's okay. 
If you finish early and you start again for next year, or you haven't started yet, and so you're going to start for next year, just begin reading. Get into God's Word and allow God's Word to get into you. Now, these Bible reading guys are just paper copies, and for some, maybe you keep it in a Bible or you keep it in a notebook, and, and you literally check it off. You can also use the Bible app. There's a, a variety of materials, resources, digitally for your computer, for your tablet, for your smartphone, and you can read right like that. In fact, on some of those, you can make the print super-duper big. How many, of you, how many of you might need a little bit of extra help? Well, all right, we got, we've got some volunteers there. Some people, you say, well, I don't have, you know, it's a little hard to read my Bible. It's a little small. Maybe, maybe the print was all right a little while ago, but maybe sometimes over the years our, our eyes shift. Hey, grab the app. We'll help you get it on a, a phone or on a tablet or uh, find a way to get that on your computer, and you can make the print super big. In fact, you can tap the screen, and they will read it for you, and you can follow along. But we receive the Word of God. Part of that is by reading it. It's not just to say, well, I've got five Bibles at home or 25 Bibles at home or at least one Bible at home or I've got a smartphone that has the capability of a Bible app. It's great to have the capability. It's great to honor God's Word. But let's go beyond that and receive. Read the Word of God. Read it. Get into it. It's for our spiritual growth and nourishment. Make it a priority in our lives. I would venture to say there's some things that you and I do literally every day or a majority of the day. Hopefully, we're taking care of ourselves physically. There's things like showering and washing and cleaning and brushing teeth and hair, a variety of those things. We do that on a regular basis. We take care of our physical. How about the spiritual? Read. Get into God's Word. Make it a priority. A couple times here, it says that Ezra brought out the Word of God. It's not just that they had a copy and it was laying on the, the side somewhere. Ezra brought it out and he was reading it to the people, invested in hours of public declaration. We set aside all kinds of time for things, don't we? I would venture to say a bunch of us set aside some time yesterday to watch a particular sports team that we might like whichever that sports team might be. And I know there's some different opinions in a place in the house of God. And some of you, you might have set aside some time today. or Whatever the case might be, you set aside time for sports. You set aside time for family. We set aside time for work. We set aside time for projects. We set aside time. We prioritize things that are important to us. I want to encourage us and challenge us to have a priority when it comes to the Word of God. It's not just to be about a Sunday morning. It's to be a, a regular part of our lives. This was a regular occurrence that Nehemiah and Ezra were trying to get the people of God back into. They were reading. They were making it a priority. They were listening, listening to the Word of God, but listening also to the God of the Word. See, the, the challenge could be, Maybe to, to grab one of these readings, these Bible reading guides, 
And there's all these boxes. When you read the chapter or you read the two chapters or you read the portion of the chapter that you cross it off or you exit off or you highlight it to say, I did it, I read it, I'm done. But do we pause to listen to God? Do we pause to allow him to speak to our heart? That as we're reading God's word and it talks about loving one another, that we pause and say, am I doing that? How can I love my neighbor? How can I love those that are in my life? We read and it talks about purity of mind or of speech or how we live or act or move. Do we just check it off on our little box or do we try to put that into practice? I want to encourage us to pause, to stop as we listen to or as we read the word of God and listen to God. God, what do you have for me today? What verse, what what passage is something that maybe would challenge or stimulate or encourage me, something that I've got to then put into practice? So we we read it. It's the priority. We're listening to God. That's all ways that we can receive it. But we study it and understand it. Dig into the Word of God. On multiple places here, it says that they were reading and helping the people to understand. They were interpreting it. Why? They wanted to allow the people to know what God's Word had said. Great opportunities of studying from the Word of God, not just in a preaching on a Sunday morning. Family discipleship opportunities, 930, other ways for you and I to dig in and to get into the Word of God. There's certainly Bibles. There are a variety of study Bibles, full-life study Bible put out by the Assemblies of God, lots of different study tools and notes on, uh, in physical form, paper form as in digital form, to dig in, to study and understand what God's Word has to say. Read it. Study it carefully, repeatedly, patiently, prayerfully, purposefully. Not just to say, I checked off the box. Not just to say, I read it, but really allow God's word to sink into our heart. Someone put it this way. The difference between reading and studying is like the difference between drifting in a boat and rowing towards a destination. I like that. In other words, to me, it's, it's intentional. It's not just haphazard. I pick something up. I read a few verses. I read a chapter. I checked off a box, and I go about my day. I'm going to intentionally read and study and dig in and interact. Allow God's word to speak to my heart, to my life. The Levites here, it says, they were interpreting. They were explaining the word of God to help make things clear for people. And that's in in Sunday school classes, discipleship classes, Sunday morning messages. It's taking God's word and looking to interpret and explain that we can understand what God's word has to say. Allow resources, allow the apps, allow some of the things on the Internet, allow some of the study Bibles, allow these tools to impact our hearts and to our lives as we seek and understand. Years ago, maybe you would have had to invest hundreds of dollars of resources. I know my dad over the years as as a pastor had accumulated boxes of of materials and commentaries and study guides, etc. 
And then some of those were, were damaged in a, a flood. And then even as he had kind of uh, retired or semi-retired from ministry and was, uh, was setting up his home office, he went to a used Christian bookstore and, and purchased some of these sets. That was before the advent of all of the incredible digital resources that we have. Just about every book that I probably had going through Bible college and beyond is available online or in-app form. So there are tools, there are resources to help us read and study and dig into God's Word. So how do we respond? Chapter 8 is saying, let's honor it. Chapter 8 is saying, let's receive it. How many of you know we can't just stop there? Honoring God's word is good. Receiving God's word is good as we read and learn and study and listen to it. But we can't stop there because third and finally, we must live it. Live it out. Obey what God's word has to say. Check out the last portion of the chapter, verses 13 and following. It says, the family leaders of all the people... Together with the priests and Levites, met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. See, they were digging in. There was a hunger. There was a reverence. And they were reading and learning and digging. And then what does it say? It says, as they studied the law, verse 14, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills to get branches. Branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters in which they would live during the festival as prescribed in the law. So the people went out, cut branches, and used them to build shelters on the roofs of their houses in their courtyards, in the courtyards of God's temple, or in the squares inside the water gate and Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day, they held a solemn assembly as was required by law. See, it's not just enough to honor it, not just enough to listen to it, not just enough to receive it. We've got to live it. James in the New Testament says what? Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves, but do what it says. It's great to honor God. It's great to show up and to attend and to get into God's word and to open it and to read it and to study it and to know what it says. But if we stop there, we're stopping short. The encouragement is we've got to live it out. We've got to do what God's word says. Nehemiah chapter 8, as they were reading, as they were studying, as they were honoring and receiving the word of God, they realized that they weren't doing something. God's word had instructed them to live in booths the Festival of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. These were some temporary shelters or maybe um, some of you went camping, maybe temporary little huts or shelters that they would make, and they were instructed to do this. They were to meditate and remember the deliverance of God from Egypt. 
They were to remember some of their years of wandering. They were to remember God's protection and guidance and reminded he still protects, he still guides those who trust and obey in him. And so there was a reason they were to do this. But as God's word was being read, they realized, first of all, they realized they hadn't been exposed to God's word. But when they were exposed to God's word, they're saying, hey, we're not doing what's in here. And they said, we've got to live it out. And so they put that into practice. And and they went and found those types of olive and myrtle and palm branches and trees. And they made those uh, temporary little huts or booths and celebrated as God had instructed for those days. They put into practice what the word of God had said to do. See, for you and I, it's not enough to say, I honor the word of God, and I'm going to get the biggest, most expensive Bible ever. I'm going to honor God's word. That's great. It's more than just saying, I'm going to open up that word of God, whether it's expensive or whether it's the Bible I've got or whether it's the Bible app I download. It's more than just saying, I'm going to read it. Oh, that's great, and I hope that you do. I encourage you, grab a Bible reading guide, find something digitally, use the tools to get into the Word of God. But it can't stop there. It's not just honoring. It's not just reading, listening, receiving, but obeying it. When confronted with the Word of God, they realized they were not doing what it said. And for you and I, when we get into the Word of God, I would venture to say we're going to realize that on a regular basis. As we read the Word of God, we realize, wow, how I'm living or how I'm acting, my speech, my actions, my attitudes, man, they are not in accordance with what God's Word is desiring. And so I've got to do some changing. We are confronted with the truth of God's word. And so we then have a choice to make. Am I going to keep going in the way I'm living, in the way that I want to go, or am I going to live in accordance with God's word? Chapter 8, the Israelites were saying, once we hear about, once we've received from God's word, now we've got to put it into practice and do it and live it and obey it. Dio Moody put it this way, the Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. Now, I want you to increase in knowledge and understanding of God. It's helpful if you can know some things about God and his word. And certainly, uh, many of the ministries, ministries to boys or girls and adults and uh, discipleship classes, etc. It's helpful to be able to know Genesis all the way through to Revelation and know the books of the Bible in order. That's helpful. It's helpful maybe to learn and to understand and maybe even to memorize some of these verses of Scripture. I hope that you can do some of those things. It's helpful as well that we know some of the things about God and some of the things about God's Word. Maybe you would do great in a Bible trivia game. I hope that you know enough about God's word to do that. But if our experience stops there with the fact that we hear it or read it or study it or know it, but we never live it, we've not 
fully completed the response to God and his word. Nehemiah chapter 8, they heard the word of God. They realized what they were not doing, and so they put it into practice. They obeyed it. You see, it's more than just what do I know. It's what do I do with what I know. And I would venture to say many of us know a whole lot more than we're doing. We've got a whole lot of knowledge and information of God and his word and less of the application and obedience of God's word. Our lives should change as we get in contact with the word of God. For the Israelites, Nehemiah chapter 8, they realized they were not following through. They were not living out what God was encouraging them to do. That's the same thing for you and I. On a regular basis, here on Sunday, tomorrow on Monday, every day of the week, as we honor God's word and get into and receive God's word, you and I are going to be confronted with some of those things. It's not just, what do I know about what I read? What am I doing with what I read? Am I living? Am I obeying the word of God? Nehemiah chapter 8, responses to God's word. How do you and I respond? We honor it, we receive it, and we live it.